106.3 It's cross blunder to theorize before one has data. At Data Chart, we analyze Our politicians are indulgent when it comes to dealing with crime. We interrogate we need to increase the strength of the police. But right now, there are about 370,000 according to them. And uh, how do they cover Nigeria? We interpret. And the Trafficking in Persons Law has said that you cannot use any child that is below 12 in any home as a domestic help. We help decision makers and you understand the numbers. 78% of citizens agree or strongly agree that the news media should constantly investigate and report on government mistakes. Join the Data Charts conversation every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. on BFM 106.3 Abuja as we interrogate polls and survey findings. Data Charts, powered by NOI Polls Limited. A beautiful afternoon to you. I am Nelly Ohuche, and you are welcome to another edition of Data Chat, a production of NOI Polls Limited. Like I said, it's data chat, and on today's edition, we're going to be looking at malaria disease. Um, this is going to be taken from a poll. This is the malaria disease poll that was conducted by NOI polls in 2021. That's what we're going to be focusing on today. And uh, majorly, we're going to be looking at malaria disease. We're going to be looking at the impact of primary health centers with regards to managing malaria disease. We also have um, a guest who will be talking um, around these issues today. He is Dr. Lars Udeze. But before we get to Dr. Lars Udeze, we're going to be um, looking at the poll presentation, which will be done by Rafael Mbebu. Rafael is the team lead, social research NOI polls. He's going to be running through some parts of the poll uh, findings. And if you want um, the full report, you can go to our website on www.noi-polls.com and you'll get um, the full findings of the poll. It is data chat on We 106.3 FM and I am Nelly Ohuche. And this is um, the findings of the malaria poll. We're going to be looking at it vis-a-vis the health insurance poll. Both polls were conducted in 2021. This is a rundown of the malaria poll by Rafael Mbebu. Stay with us. Thank you. So, NRIPOS conducted a survey to gauge Nigerians' opinion regarding malaria disease in the country. So, we had asked the respondent, how prevalent do you think malaria disease is in the country? Interestingly, 87% of the respondents said malaria is either prevalent or very prevalent. We have another 11% who said malaria is somewhat prevalent, and only 2% of respondents said malaria is not prevalent at all. So we went further to ask them, 
what do you do whenever you have symptoms of malaria? So we found that 57% of respondents said they go to hospitals for treatment. 16% said they go to pharmacy shop for treatment. 15% mentioned that they go to chemist shop for treatment. We have um, 9%, 6%, and 3% who said they either buy drugs themselves or take herbs, respectively. So looking at the analysis by geopolitical zones, we found out that majority of the respondents from the north seems to go to hospitals whenever they fall ill, compared to the southern states of Nigeria. So we have Northeast Nigeria with 82% of respondents who said they actually go to hospital whenever they fall ill. The least region in the country is Southwest with 43% who say they go to hospital whenever they fall ill. So we have a similar study that was conducted about the same time on access to healthcare, health insurance cover. So we had asked Nigerian, do you or any member of your family visit hospitals whenever you fall ill? We have majority of respondents 87% who said they actually go to hospitals whenever they fall ill. Only 13% of the respondents said they don't even visit hospitals at all. So we went further to ask them again, which health care facility do you or your family member visit whenever you fall ill? We found 71% of respondents who mentioned that they go to public hospitals and 48% who said they go to private hospitals for treatment. And of those who said they don't even go to hospital at all, we went further to ask them, what do you do? whenever you fall ill. Majority of respondents, 44% say they go to pharmacy for treatment. And 39% say they go to chemist for treatment. 28% mentioned that they actually do self-medications whenever they fall ill. And only 9% say they go to traditional doctors for treatment. Thank you. All right, uh, we're still here. That was Rafael Mbibu with um, the malaria disease poll presentation. Thank you very much, Rafael. Yes, um, so like I said, uh, we're going to be looking at malaria disease. We're looking at the impact of primary health care centers in the elimination of malaria, also in the treatment or managing of uh, malaria disease. Malaria, like we know, is a global you know, public health hazard. And um, according to the 2020 world malaria report nigeria has the highest number of global malaria cases and this accounted for about 27 um, percent of global malaria cases in 2019 and um, also it accounted for you know the highest number of deaths which is about 23 um, percent of global malaria deaths also who uh, report shows that nigeria accounted for 31.9 percent of all malaria deaths worldwide in 2020 that's actually very alarming 31.9 percent of all malaria deaths worldwide in 2020 this is actually very alarming ny polls malaria disease poll uh, which was conducted in 2021 also shows that 83 percent of nigerians who visited the hospital in the last three months, I mean, that was us at the time, you know, the data was collected, were diagnosed for malaria. This makes it a major, major health concern. So on today's edition of Data Chat, we're going to be looking at issues around malaria. Um, yes, issues around malaria and the impact of public health centers in the treatment and the elimination of malaria disease that's what we're going to be doing um so in doing that we are also going to have um, a phone interaction with dr Lars uday dr Lars uday is a medical doctor he's also the ceo talk health niger 
Um, he's also the convener, Make Our Hospitals Work campaign. Dr. Lars Eze, you are welcome on the program. Okay, so like I said, we're looking at uh, malaria disease. We're looking at it in, in terms of the impact of malaria, um, the impact of the primary health care centers in the treatment, in the management, actually, of malaria diseases. Um, so we're going to look at the findings of the poll. The poll findings has actually established the prevalence of malaria disease with an 87% rate, you know, amongst respondents. Why this high rate of malaria disease in Nigeria, you know, despite all of the efforts and the programs we see the government, you know, and um, a lot of organizations roll out over the years. Um, how come we haven't seen a reduction in the incidence of malaria disease? Dr. Lars. Yes, uh, thank you very much. Um, looking at that, it's uh, 87% of adult Nigerians that were suffering, you know, saying that um, it's quite high but uh, it does not reflect the reality okay. uh, why, why is it so is uh, malaria is overdiagnosed in nigeria okay. um, for, for different reasons uh, you know almost everybody who has any illness with high body temperature they don't tell you that they have malaria even without um, without uh, any form of confirmation. And for those who go to do tests, there are some laboratories that need to run practices, you know, that will tell their staff that every MP must come up positive, especially within the labs where they also sell drugs. So they make every test that is done to come positive so that they'll be able to sell anti-malaria drugs. Okay, so for those who do not sell anti-malaria drugs, why would they want to do that? Yeah, that's why I say it's a very bad practice, but it happens uh, because uh, we get this feedback from even practitioners themselves who are frustrated by uh, such practices, you know, uh, where people get into some kind of bad uh, practice for the sake of uh, making money. And I do hope that the authorities, various regulatory authorities in the medical profession uh, will, will be able to look into this, especially at the state level. Okay. So, yes, perception of malaria is high, but uh, in, in reality, it's not as high as being diagnosed or being treated. Okay, so um, if we also look at um, look at what you have said, the findings also show that 57% of Nigerians go to the hospital for treatment when they have malaria. So, regardless of the prevalence rate, we're saying that those who have malaria or who think they have symptoms of malaria um, actually go to the hospitals for treatment. That's 57%. 16% go to pharmacies while 15% uh, visit a chemist you know, when they when they have these symptoms. This number seems, you know, fair enough. However, the concerns are the 16% and the 15% respectively who either visit a pharmacy or who visit a chemist by the roadside. Could this also be the um, because of the absence of a health insurance coverage considering they have to pay from out of pocket when they visit a pharmacy or a chemist? So why would anybody visit a pharmacist or a chemist when they can go to a hospital and get good you know, diagnosis. Is it a case of um, not having, you know, funds uh, for treatment? Could that be the issue? Well, that might be contributory, but also uh, comparing this data with uh, uh, others like what you see with the National Democratic and Health Survey and all of them. Uh, we also see that this, the, the population that is sampled, you know, of course, uh, possibly could introduce some bias 
Okay. Uh, in their uh, sometimes you know that when you call people and post some subject questions, they'll respond to you based on what they think is the right thing and not really uh, based on the practice. Hmm. So, um, there's much more access to patent medicine vendors um, in generality of the country. And people, uh, evidence, a lot of evidence showed that more persons tend to go there and also the primary healthcare facilities, you know, when the, they have, uh, when their body temperature is high. But a lot of times they just go over the counter to buy drugs. But it's very exciting to know that, yes, up to 83% uh, of adult Nigerians are saying that in the last three months they got diagnosed in a health facility. But uh, uh, I would think that that data, you know, perhaps we could uh, look more at that. But health insurance is key. Now the coverage is very low. And also looking at the survey that NRI put in November last year, you know, just Barely 53% of Nigerian uh, adults who responded, uh, you know, say they are aware of national health insurance scheme. Mm. So if uh, barely half are even aware of this, and as much as uh, 89% say they don't know how to go about getting health insurance, you know, it's something of huge concern. The coverage is still very low in, in many parts of the country. So if more persons are going to hospital uh, to seek malaria, it's definitely not because of health insurance because they still have to do out of pocket. Over okay. 70% according to national health accounts, uh, around 76% of, other, of healthcare expenditure is still out of pocket. So whether they go to uh, the hospital or we go over the doctor, there's a high chance that in almost eight out of ten, we have to pay out of pocket. Okay. All right. So, you know, still staying on that um, ins- health insurance poll, um, the findings actually show that 71% of the respondents say they visit public hospitals when they or their family members are ill. That's 71% visit public hospital. We also have another 48% that visit private hospital. I mean, this speaks to the high-level patronage for public health centers. So I would like to know how much impact has the public health centers had on malaria control? You know, um, considering this large number of patronage, the polls show 71%. You know, so how much, you know, impact has this public health centers had on malaria control? Also, um, what is the cost um, comparison, you know, for the treatment in both the private and you, you know, the public health centers, considering that, you know, government is doing a, a lot to see that there are public health centers in every nook and cranny and people should be able to access them. Yes, so in terms of treatment it, comparison... It because public health facilities are cheaper and given that uh, about 8 out of 10 pay out of pocket you know, people tend to patronize more when you have easier access, financial access to services. Mm. And again, in terms of Distribution, uh, public health facilities are also more widely distributed as compared to uh, private hospitals. You know, even though in terms of at uh, the primary health care level, you have uh, the patient medicine vendors, they usually call business almost at every uh, grassroots level, and they are in the private sector. So, um, yes, uh, the impact of malaria, you know, with uh, government 
providing malaria testing and treatment with support of some development partners in public health facilities. You know, that could be helping to drive the demand. Mm. So, and it is more uh, practiced in uh, primary health center level, targeting children under five years and uh, pregnant women you know, who are in adults. Okay. Um... Okay, now that you have brought up the issue of children and um, women, uh, I would like us to have a conversation around that. Um, um, but just before we do that, uh, for those of you who are listening, um, if you want to reach us to contribute to this program, you can call us on 0817. 0817- Six eight seven two one three two. I'll take that number again. Zero eight one seven six eight seven two one three two. You can also reach us on zero eight one seven six eight seven two one three four. Zero eight one seven six eight seven two one three four. Would like to hear your experience with, you know, accessing public health centres, especially for the treatment of malaria. All right, um, Dr. Lazode, we are still here, and um, like you said. I'm particular about women and children. Uh, when they talk about malaria disease, the, there's you know high mortality rate for for women, uh, pregnant women especially, then for children below age um, five. Why is the situation like this? I mean, why are they this vulnerable? That, that explains it. I've been, I've been wanting to ask that question for a long time. Okay, let's also consider, you know, effective management of malaria cases in public health centers. And can this actually be compared to, you know, the quality of services rendered in the private health facilities? Can we say that the private health facilities um, would um, offer better services in terms of management of malaria disease as compared to the public health um, centers? If I make such comparison, it will be based on assumptions. Mm. Well, we need a specific data to be able to say whether uh, it's better managed in private or in, in public health facilities. So, but uh, my guess could be that uh, depending on which category of private, there's been effort to train across board, uh, to train certain medicine vendors uh, who are closest to the people, especially in a lot of rural communities. Mm. You know, there's also a lot of trainings among primary healthcare providers across the country on proper uh, diagnosis and treatment of malaria. So I'm not sure if similar trainings have been done sufficiently in they have secondary level private health facility, even in public health facilities. So having said that, in terms of practice, my guess will be that 
still more likely to get uh, better quality practice in, 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 in uh, private in some locations and in public in some locations. Okay. It has to do with the quality of staff. You may know that uh, in some uh, private PC providers, you just have people who have no background training in medical science. So they, do, they have no license to defend. You know, so no matter the kind of training you give them for one week a malaria diagnosis, they'll still do any practice they feel is most convenient for them. Driven by, you know, that of convenience or perhaps making some additional money. Mm. So, uh, but when you have more professionals, whether in public or private, uh, there is a higher chance that the quality of care will, will be of more standard. All right. Um, as we wrap up, let, let's actually also look at, um, you know, how do we improve, say, you know, access to malaria treatment in, let's say, rural areas? you know, communities, especially with respect to um, accessibility and um, affordability of malaria medication. How do we improve, you know, I mean, when we go to these places, how do we improve the, the malaria treatment in these rural, you know, communities? Because sometimes we'll go to some of those rural communities and you find out that they, they are not sufficient. I wouldn't want to use the word sufficient. And there are no qualified health professionals or they don't even have anyone on ground to attend to you um how do we deal with issues of malaria considering the fact that we're looking at attaining some level of um, elimination of malaria or zero mal malaria as the, as the case may be so what do we do for the rural communities in terms of improving treatment well, I, I think we start with massive awareness uh, for people to understand what malaria is. A lot of persons, you may assume that they know what malaria is. As far as a lot of people are concerned, anything that raises their temperature is malaria until proven otherwise. And uh, some people get stressed and all they just need is to have some rest. They feel a bit weak and they'll say they have malaria. Some they just have flu and which can go with or, with or without treatment and they'll say they have malaria. So uh, with that massive awareness uh, among the public, that will help to influence health behavior. Then number two is here, uh, availability of the quality delivery of services. Yes, we tell people, get tested before treatment, but the test kits, the standard test for malaria is uh, microscopy. Having a microscope where you have a trained uh, scientist, medical laboratory scientist, that is going to look through the microscope to say, Yes, I can see plasmodium falciparum. I can see malaria parasites, so this is malaria. But in the absence of that, there's also the rapid diagnostic test kits, which are also not readily available everywhere. You know, even when you want to buy it over the counter to even do the test yourself, you know, you may not find it to buy for those who could afford to buy it. So you have, you know, different factors that uh, affect this uh, access. Because it has to be available in the first place, next is the cost. So the cost is not affordable to a lot of uh, persons in the population. Uh, an average academic conventional therapy is about a thousand naira, and this is like daily wage mm. for for some people, uh, you know, especially rural dwellers who do artisan work or manual labor in, in farms. You know, so uh, you can't tell them to use their entire daily income just to buy malaria medicine. So. 
uh, it's been subsidized in some cases. Okay. We need to do more of that because most times it's from donor support that that is provided. So the government at the state level and at the local government level and even communities themselves, the community can come and say in our community we want every child below age of five who is unable to afford uh, malaria treatment that should be subsidized to let them take 20 percent or 30 percent whatever they can afford why the community mobilizes because to sort out the rest all right this thing is about yeah, everybody showing concern because if we take malaria to as if it's yeah just that common uh unit there but it's, it's the number one killer of children you know yeah. and under five years competitions with pneumonia you know in, in nigeria Okay. All right. Um, I, I like the fact that you say, you know, government and donor agencies, you know, should look into the case of subsidizing, you know, malaria treatment. We're hoping that, you know, even as this is a pre-election year, I mean, we we'll ask for our politicians to do the subsidizing for us as part of their uh, campaign strategy to win our part in the next dispensation. Okay. Um, finally, in order to identify, you know, potential avenues for intervention and to also um, improve access to malaria treatment. What part, you know, of the cost for the treatment of malaria disease in hospital carries the highest burden for consumers? So, you know, you talked about subsidizing. I mean, if I were to subsidize and I want to know if we have to break it down in terms of which part of it bears the highest burden for a consumer? Is it the point of testing? Is it the drugs? Is it what exactly? Yeah. Okay, uh, I, I think the, the medication bears uh, this proportionate uh, aspect of the cost. Mm. Uh, to test is, is largely cheaper, and the drugs, especially the artemisinin combination therapy mm. drugs, are more expensive. And for those that get to severe much more expensive. Mm. Uh, of course, the goal is not to have severe malaria at all when malaria is diagnosed on time and treated properly with AIDS, you know, uh, you know, there shouldn't be a case of severe malaria. Okay, um, so maybe if these ones have health insurance, maybe it makes it a lot easier for them to access health. This is the most we can take on today's edition of Data Chat. Dr. Lars Eze, thank you so much for being a part of this. Join us next week, Wednesday, 2.30 p.m. as we interrogate the findings of yet another poll. You can also check us out on our social media platforms at NOI Polls. You can also access today's edition and all other media recordings of topics. And do have a lovely day. I am Nelly Ohuche.